0: If you would turn with me once again in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It's probably been over a month ago, we started a series of messages on controlling our thoughts, and I entitled it Mind Control. Because this day and age, I think perhaps more so than any other time that we've had, it is more difficult to keep our minds focused on what our minds need to be focused on, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Some might ask, how much should I really think about Jesus, about the things of God, and the answer to that is, all the time. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Philippians, Rejoice evermore, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians verse 5, I said, I believe, says, Pray without ceasing. What those verses tell me, That the mind of the believer is to be a mind that is wholly consumed with Jesus. I might not like, you might not like fanatics. There are a lot of different fanatics in the world today. You have your music fanatics who are fanatical about this group or that group. I don't know a lot of groups that are out there now but you know the Beatles are, <laughs> and there may be some who are still out there some of you 60s where's henry you oh, know he's not here today <laughs> some are especially this day and age are fanatical about politics some are fanatical about food but if you know Jesus you need to be fanatical about Jesus, because if you're fanatical about Jesus, you're Christ type of person. You are a person that God can use. You are a person that God will be glorified through your life. You are a person who will walk in the power and might of the Holy Spirit and all the benefits that come from walking in his presence, the peace, the love, and the joy that only truly can be known if you know Christ and are fanatical about him. In fact, there are a couple of of scriptures that Talk about this. I'm not I haven't hit our text yet, and I will in just a moment. Regarding being fanatical, Jesus puts it this way as far as the will of God in our lives in Matthew 16, 24 and, and Leah, these are late editions, so you won't find it on the PowerPoint. Uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And follow me. You have a choice as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can follow your own path. You can do your own thing. Or you can follow Jesus. But let me tell you, you can't do both. You can't follow self and follow Jesus. Because Jesus' ways are completely different than your ways. And I'm not just talking about sin. I'm just talking about life in general. Jesus will, I've heard this about sin, but Jesus will take you to places that you don't want to go. Places where you're uncomfortable. Places where you'll stick out in a crowd. Places where you'll have to deny yourself of something that, you know, really is appealing to you, but is death to your spirit. But you need to be able to do that if you're going to be someone who walks in the fullness of God or or can be counted as a fanatic for Jesus. Matthew six twenty two and twenty three. This is on the PowerPoint. The eye of the lamp. The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, or as the King James Version translates, if your eye is single, your whole body will be full of life. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light within you is darkness. And how great is that darkness? If we're to walk in the light as he is in the light. No question. We have to be fanatical about Jesus. Jesus is my waking moment. Uh, he's my sleeping moment. He gives me songs in the night. He, he's my, my food, my drink. He is the air that I breathe. The only way I'm going to accomplish His purposes, the purposes, the purpose that I have been saved for is for me to be wholly consumed with Jesus. And let me say something about this this morning because I know there are people when they hear this don't like this because they think, you know, that, that Jesus is somehow exploiting them. Let me dispel that. For you by saying this. The only real purpose. That you can have in your life. Is is following Jesus. And accomplishing his perfect will in your life. And there's a reason I say that. And the reason is this. Everything else you accomplish in this earth. I'm not talking about people. As far as family, children, friends. Friends those you touch for Jesus. But everything you accomplish on this earth, career, awards, experience, will all mean nothing when you cross the threshold of this life into the next. I kind of came to a realization to this just this past year. As I mentioned, my aunt passed away and she left our family different things yeah, you know, how many remember the woodpecker? How many saw the woodpecker on my Facebook page? <laughs> it was really nice, wasn't it? it? Just didn't fit. But she also left. Uh, she collected spoons, souvenir spoons, <laughs> and uh, and 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 she left them to me. <laughs> I'm not a ser- souvenir spoon type of guy, um, but. But she was, now she, she was a godly, she is with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, her first husband, she served the Lord, and he passed away. And, then, and she married a minister, and they ministered actually all over the world after he had passed on. But she had a hobby, and she liked collecting souvenir spoons. In fact, when we were in Kentucky, I, I don't know if it was Kentucky or St. Louis, she asked us if we would get her a spoon because she hadn't been there yet. I think I found that spoon where we actually got her. You know, when I looked at those spoons and saw how much they meant to, to my aunt as she was, you know, she had, she just didn't have a lot of spoons. She has like, she had like all these display cases for them and they were in her, her, her condo. All very, very special to her. But I am confident now that those spoons mean absolutely nothing because now she's in the presence of the Lord. And the only thing that, that really has given her life purpose is what she has done for Jesus. When you know Jesus and you're wholly consumed by him, your life is brought up or graduated to a higher purpose, a divine purpose, an eternal purpose. Your life actually matters more than it could, infinitesimally more than it could possibly matter in and of itself. And then I've alluded to this, that if we have divided minds, if we allow our minds to wander in areas that we really don't need it to be wandering, focus on, focusing upon things other than the Lord Jesus Christ, then your spiritual life will be Wanting. There are two scriptures that that bear this out. One is Old Testament. The second is in the New. The first is from one of my favorite verses from the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3. Listen to the truth of it this morning. You will keep him in perfect peace. Who wants perfect peace this morning in this crazy world? Well, keep being in perfect peace is conditional. It's not guaranteed if your mind is wayward. Why? You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts. In you, a mind wholly consumed with the Lord Jesus Christ is guaranteed to be a mind that is full of joy and peace and confidence and strength and all the things that we need to live a victorious Christian life. And the New Testament backs it right up with Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any pra- anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. It's that simple. Keep your mind focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and your life will be more rewarding than you could possibly conceive. However, there's not one of us here who does not have a struggle in keeping our minds focused on where they need to be. And you know what? God understands that this morning. And he also understands, and we brought this out on the first message that we shared in, in this a series of messages. He understands that you and I exercising discipline of mind and keeping focused on Jesus is more than we can do in our own strength. And so he shares with us these words through the through the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. This is our text this morning. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are divinely powerful for the destruction of for- fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. God has given us the ability to keep our thoughts under wraps, focused on him and not lingering in areas that they do not belong. Let's pray together. Let's ask God's blessing to be with us as we look to God's word this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you for the power, the peace, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you this Christmas season that you came, you died, you rose again, you ascended, and you're returning, and we thank you, God, that you sent your Holy Spirit and your word to uphold and sustain us until that day that you break the skies and call us home. We ask now that you bless the sharing of the word this morning, and this we pray in Jesus' precious name, Amen. amen, and amen, One of the areas uh, or two of the areas that we 've already discussed as far as wandering, one is sin. we all have the old nature, we all have the flesh, and sometimes the flesh beckons us come, come, think you don 't have to do, but come, just just think about the things that you used to do before you turn your life to jesus and and, and we need to shut the door on those things. Because sin doesn't start when you act out on it. Sin begins with a thought or a lust. Lust, when it conceives according to the book of James, uh, leads to sin and sin, as it comes to fruition, leads to death. And then we talked about personal ambitions. And that was our, our last Message and how you know um, when person comes to Jesus, they wonder you know where do I put God in my life? I still want my life to be about me. I want to accomplish you know my career and or my hobbies or my passions or and my pursuits. But you know I want Jesus because I want to go to heaven, and it doesn't work that way. And if your mind's focused on worldly ambitions, you're going to find yourself wanting. And the glory of God will never be revealed in you in this life as God desires it to. And So we took time to talk about that. But this morning, I'd like to take time to talk about one of the darkest. And may I, may I say, one of the most seductive areas of wandering that our mind can fall into. That being worries, cares, and fears. Jesus warned us about two things in the parable of the sower and the seed. It's a reference that I I share often and and the reason I do is because it's two very real things, especially in our country, that we deal with. And The sower and the seed is a story about the word of God and how the word of God needs a certain environment to grow. And there's an environment that will choke out the, the good seed of the word of God and anything that tries to, the new life that tries to spring forth from that. Jesus puts it this way in Mark's gospel, chapter four, nineteen: the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in choking the word and it becomes unfruitful. The three things that we've been talking about, sin, ambition, and care. What a nervous time that we live in. What a tense time that we live in. I find myself... I don't know about you, but I find myself... And I don't have cable television. I'm glad I don't have table, cable television because a lot of it's garbage. And a lot of it is... is A lot of it shares news. Um, but... I'm making a social commentary. A lot of it is news, ent- and I'll just say this, a lot of it's news entertainment. They're not giving you information. They're trying to entertain you. And the only way to entertain someone is to gin something up. You know? That's, that's what a lot of churches do. You know, to, They can't keep, keep people in the seats through the preaching of the word and singing of spiritual songs and prayers. Well, then they have a big show. And, and news does that. So I just just threw that in there. That's kind of a free. That's just advice from me. But there, there are. And I'm not just talking about politics and, and, and media, but it's just an obsession with everything that's wrong in our nation. Not to say that there isn't. And not to say that we're to be spiritual ostriches with our heads in the sand. And, you know, everything's fine. You know, we are to pray for our country, but we're not to be obsessive over COVID or politics or the economy because we serve a God who is far greater than that. Amen? Amen. Who's called us to rise above the fears and the cares of this life. And we allow ourselves, and some some are like that. Some are ginned up by politicians and and news opinion programming and that type of thing. But some are very real. Some people feel very convinced in their heart they do not want to take a vaccine and it may cost them their job. Some people, they might just lose their job because the economy right now is crazy. Crazy. Some people might have received a deadly diagnosis. I'm not trying to minimize any of these things. These things are very, very scary. And there are things, and, you know, the enemy exists on, but again, the battle is here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 11, it's not, uh, chapter 10, excuse me. I, I said 2 Corinthians 1, it's actually chapter 10. The enemy is not the cheap person who draws us to a place of worry and concern. It, it's our own human nature. We're presupposed to do that. Something bad happens. Oh, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? And they lead to the most... Deadly thoughts. Deadly as far as it relates to believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. That being doubt. Let me tell you, doubt is a spiritual killer. You are saved by grace through faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if you allow your mind to be enveloped with the cares and the fears of this world, it will lead to the place of doubt, which is spiritual poison, deadly poison. Not just something that makes you feel a little queasy, something that will kill your spirit. The cares of this life. Life is a drudgery in many ways. At some point, unless you're a preacher, (laughs) at some point your life is you get up in the morning, you go to work, you come home, you eat your supper, and you flop into bed only to do the same thing the next day. Some of you might have the privilege of loving what you do and some might hate it. But in order to eat have food on the table and a roof over your head, you got to do it. And then with mounting costs and, and this happening, if you've got kids, there's braces and, and practice, you know, for this and that and all these other expenses. The car breaks down. Enough! I can't handle it. And then, of course, right along with um, Doubt, and these things, these things, both the the horrible things, but just the drudgery of life. And and may I say, uh, I I won't say this. I was going to say one of the happiest days of my life was, you know, when one of my kids came home and said, "Oh, I got to go to work. I worked, and I got to go to work tomorrow." (laughs) I don't know if I said it, but. Welcome to adulthood. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> no, it's all about Jesus. But another place, and, and fear. The danger about fear is fear is paralyzing. You know, we all think in a, in a situation, you know, we, we, we see a news story, oh, you know, this person, didn't, if I was there, I would have done that. But oh, you wouldn't. You, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a few people I wouldn't you'd be like, "Oh, I don't know what to do." Fear is paralyzing where, where you've refused to step out in faith, or you're incapable of stepping out in faith and living for Jesus, why you're just paralyzed by fear. And then right along with that, in allowing our mind to wander about to places of worry, cares, and pressures, and those types of things, is despair. You and I have been created to be vessels of honor and glory and praise. Amen? Amen. And despair cannot coexist with us if we're going to fulfill one of God's greatest commands which is to love him with all of our hearts, minds, and souls. And we do that by what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So where is that? Leave us then. or how do we deal with this specifically, and then we'll talk generally in closing this morning. There are four things that I'd like to share. But, gen- but generally, let me just say this. A good way to keep your mind wandering into these places of doubt, fear, and despair is to avoid what Jesus implies, tomorrow thinking. Reading Matthew's Gospel 6.34, Jesus says this, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. How many have ever been guilty of that? You get bad news and you don't think about how it's affecting you now, because you get the bad news and right now, you you feel okay, you know, the money in the bank, so on and so forth, but you get this news, or you hear about, you know, the economy is not going to recover until the spring, you know, whatever it might be. And you, What's gonna happen, not today, and not even tomorrow. But where am I going to be six? How am I going to make it six months from now? Is that the way that God has called us to live? Worrying about next year? I tell you, one of the fears that kind of I have to worry about now at this stage in my life, being in my later, <laughs> is retirement. Not that I'm going to retire. I'm going to pastor till Jesus comes. <laughs> Shooting for 120. Amen, Warren. Amen. <laughs> Am I going to have enough for retirement? You know, and one of the things we constantly we've heard this for you. Will there even be Social Security? You know, all this money we've dumped into it. Will there be any left supposed to run out for us us boomers? Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your food, don't worry about your clothing, don't worry about your shelter. God not only knows about it, God's got it already taken care of. Not saying we spend foolishly or live foolishly, live beyond our means, and so on and so forth. But God's got it taken care of. But don't we spend a great deal of energy worrying about the future where we could spend so much more of our time, and may I say not only spend our time, be reaping the rewards, the eternal rewards, if we keep our minds focused on Jesus. This is a tough time I'm going through, but hallelujah. This is just opportunities for Jesus to take care of me. Let me tell you, um, I'm just going to share my... Recent months, just really briefly. Um, let me just share. Earlier this year, now many of you know, in 2009, I was diagnosed with stage four colorectal cancer. It spread all throughout my liver with an innumerable number of lesions. And they couldn't operate, and the only thing to do was to do chemo. And so I, I, I started chemo and um, did chemo for almost two years, and at the end of two, about uh, March of uh, 2011, uh, had, wasn't quite two years, um, my liver started acting up, and they thought the cancer was coming back, and then they ended up doing tests, and they found the cancer wasn't coming back, it was the chemo that was damaging my liver. My tumors were all dead and dying, and, and the original tumor was completely gone, and it's still gone. And all the liver tumors were on their way out. And so they took me off chemo and they put me on a maintenance medication. Uh, and I went in every three weeks and I would have this infusion, and, which I've had all along, even to this day. And, and each year um, the tumors got smaller and smaller until they seemed to have disappeared completely. And so earlier this year my doctor talks to me and he says, you know, your blood has been good and your you know everything has been good. I think we're maybe we'll do something different and he was hinting at, you know, maybe it's time to stop the maintenance treatment. So I'm really excited. You know, every 3 weeks I had to go in. It was no big deal, but you know, you have to go in, you feel a little tired afterwards. And uh we're going to finally stop it. This will be great. And uh you know, so things are going on. Enjoyed the summer. And he said, but we'll wait until you have your scan. And I said, that's fine. And so I had an MRI in um, September and fully expecting to get a clean bill of health. Everything would be great. And my doctor calls. I'm here at the church and he calls me and he never calls. And I'm thinking to myself when I heard his voice, great, he's going to tell me I don't need to come in anymore. And he says, oh, Mr. Shabilo, um. Uh, we're, you're going to need to have a PET scan and then a biopsy because we found a, a, a tumor, we found activity in your liver. And I said, Well, you know, is it, you know, the benign? And I have a couple of cysts there that are nothing. I said, Is it bad? And he goes, No, this is something different and we really need to check it. And I said, Okay. And I didn't really think too much of it. I thought, you know, it's no big deal. Uh, they'll do a check and they'll be fine. And then uh, nowadays you can go online and you can read your tests. And I've had enough cancer tests to know when a cancer, cancer test is good and a cancer test is bad. and I read the MRI report, and I saw that it, it definitely showed that it was cancer. Of course, when you hear that, your mind wants to go everywhere. And so there was a temptation, which I yielded to, to go online and look at all kinds of cancers, because I didn't know what kind of cancer. Was it liver cancer? Was it the same cancer? Was it some other cancer, some other part of my body that had metastasized to to my liver? I knew that everything here was clear. It's just a picture here. And all the organs in here were good, except for the liver. And there was uh, one about the size of an egg and another about the size of my pinky. So then I went and had the MRI scan. And then the MRI scan showed that there were the, the two lesions and the one had grown from just a few weeks prior and then there were lymph nodes right along my spine in, in these two major arteries that uh, also showed act- activity, uh, cancerous activity. And so now my mind's thinking, oh, is this lymphoma? And are there other parts of my body that this is probably spread to? Because they only do a, a PET scan from here to here. So I'm thinking, is this bone cancer? Because I had a lot of bone pain. Uh, is you know has it spread to my to my you know you feel a pain anytime you feel a pain in your body and you, know, you you all know those of you in your your fifties and you know you have pains for no reason and so every time you feel a pain oh you know is it here you know is it there where is it and so there was this temptation and this more than a temptation there was this struggle to rein in my thoughts. But I knew if I was going to be, number one, the man of God that God wanted me to be, but also be strong for my family and strong for the church, I couldn't allow my mind to wander in all these what ifs and and this and that, and what are they going to do for treatment? Are they going to do radiation? Are they going to do surgery? Are they going to do chemo? You know, It's just a whole mess of things that your mind can go to. And I really had to get down before God and ask God to help me to reign in my thoughts in the name of Jesus so that I don't allow this sickness, as grave as it is, to preoccupy my thoughts because that's not the will of God concerning me. And I'm not saying it's easy, but it's something I needed to do. And as I have done it, and and must continue, because the struggle for controlling your mind and controlling your thoughts, regardless, is an ongoing daily struggle. Anytime my mind wants to wander off, i got to rein it back in, taking captive every thought. So, what are these weapons in closing this morning? Four, just briefly. Number one, we need to walk in God's mighty power and not our own strength. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, for we walk... 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, excuse me. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. If we are to be people who live in mental victory, we need to be people who are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. That means we need to have a strong, consistent, spiritual walk of faith where we are our minds are consumed with the word. Our minds are spent time in prayer and communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. May I say also, because this is an important part of living for Jesus, our mind, our lives are fellowshipping with other believers because where two or three are gathered, there Jesus is in their midst. Secondly, we cannot be passive about our thought life. You know, a lot of times we think, you know, God's just going to do. God just is, didn't come some day, come to you the day that you accepted Jesus and save you without you first making a decision in your heart and mind and spirit to say, "I will accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior." Your will has everything to do with your relationship with God. Whosoever will may come. And don't think you can have a passive attitude in your mind regarding um, uh, controlling your thoughts. You need to take control of them. You need to be a strong man or woman of the Spirit who will say, no, I will not go there. I am going to, in the name of Jesus, shut the door. I am going to shut the door to that that." area of thinking in my life. I, w- I refuse to go there in the name of Jesus. I mean, to cast down imaginations as, 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 as the scripture says, throw them down. Burn them. Thirdly, um, or, or fourthly, um, it's the third is the same point. So this is actually the third point. We need to remo- renew our minds daily. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. It is important as far as your daily prayer life This is something that's part of my prayer life. That I ask God to renew my heart and my mind and my spirit in Christ. Our lives with Jesus are a living, breathing relationship. It needs nourishment through the Word, it needs breath through the Spirit, it needs the encouragement. Of fellowship with God and if part if your prayer list is just a or your prayer time devotional time is just a a list of needs not we should cast our cares upon Jesus, but you're not spending time praying for yourself and asking God, renew your heart in my heart, renew my mind, renew my spirit, make me more Not not make me as, as passionate as I was for you yesterday. Make me more passionate today than I ever have been before. God is not slack concerning his promises and will accomplish that in your life. Let me end by saying two things this morning. Number one, the weapons of our warfare are not only spiritual and not carnal, but they are powerful. I remember during these past few months and the struggle of not allowing my mind to go where it didn't need to go. And it was the first month of October, or first week, Sunday of October, and, and uh, um, that's, that was before Raylene and I knew. But nobody else knew that, that I had been diagnosed. And the reason I waited, I wanted to get a full diagnosis before uh, letting everyone know, you know, here and there. But as we were standing up here, and people gave a gift and, and prayed, but as we were standing up there, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And he just said two words. Nothing's changed. And that was it. And when he said that, it was like, you know, really, nothing's different. I, you know, I have this illness. But actually, I've got uh, several illnesses that are going on in my body. But it doesn't matter. God's the same. And my future's the same. In fact, that gave me a peace, And, and uh, I can't say, uh, you know, at this such and date, you know, I'll be done with, with chemo or, you know, or it'll be many, many years or, or whatnot. I, I don't know, but nothing's changed. And have complete peace about the situation. Don't don't care too much for the chemo. I, I, I have to admit that. <laughs> but secondly, let me say this: regarding, especially regarding cares and fears, um, and and difficulties. Don't. Um, and this not only relates to our minds, because if we allow our minds to go to a dark place, our bodies will follow. I remember, I believe it was Levin, Leonard Ravenhill, who was a great revivalist back in the 60s, 70s. Um, I have some of his books. They're very, they're wonderful books, very challenging books, wonderful books. But I remember him saying, it's either here in Derek Prince, but I'm pretty sure it's Leonard Ravenhill entertainment is the false joy of the devil. If you don't keep your mind focused on Jesus and walking in his spirit and his presence, experiencing the new wine of his joy in your life, you're going to seek joy and peace of the devil. And I'm not just talking about entertainment, and we have plenty of, you know, people now have to carry their entertainment with them. And if they don't... Take their phone away, they don't have Wi-Fi, they, you know they probably crumble up in a ball, but enough of, enough, of a, enough of that. But there are other false joys of the devil, and I can sum up the false joy of the devil with one word, and that's addiction. Addictive things such as drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling you name it. What these things do are simply to ma- simply try to mask the pains and the sorrows and the horrors of life. But they're just a cheap fix that doesn't last and makes your life even more miserable. The only way you're going to be liberated from your fears, your cares, your sorrows is through the new wine of the Holy Spirit that is enabled and provided for you through you Accepting Jesus and becoming fanatical for Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? Folks on Facebook, thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday at the same time. God bless you.